Hello and welcome to the Women and ADHD podcast. I am your host, Katie Weber. In this episode, I interview holistic health coach and yoga instructor Katie Yeager. Katie was diagnosed earlier this year when she was struggling with anxiety and overwhelm when launching her new coaching business in the middle of a pandemic. We talk all about how her diagnosis has reframed many of her past experiences, including the shame she felt when she left college in the middle of her sophomore year and her subsequent struggles with alcohol addiction. Katie now specializes in helping women who are struggling to feel connected, heal, and come home to themselves by nourishing their body, mind, and spirit from the inside out. She runs a Facebook community called the Holistic Healing House for women seeking a holistic approach to healing and who want to take their power and healing journey back into their own hands. Okay, I really hope you enjoy this interview and learn something interesting about yourself in the process. Super excited to interview you because I feel like we have so many parallels and so many things in common in terms of coaching and um so I want to get to all that but first let's uh just start out with talking about I mean you've had quite a year you've launched a new business and you also were diagnosed this year right yeah yep yep so So, I was yeah yeah, so why don't you just tell me about like what led you to think first of all that you had it and then and then sort of talk me through what led to getting your diagnosis this year okay um so let's see um, okay. Can you repeat that? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So what first, what first made you think you had it? Um, honestly, like I thought the first, the first time I thought that I had it, it really like clicked in my brain it was probably earlier this year. Um, and I never really even thought about having that as a diagnosis, like before, <laughs> even though despite my dad has been diagnosed and as well as my younger brother has officially been diagnosed, but, um, I'm pretty sure my older brother has it too. It just hasn't been diagnosed for very (laughs) ADHD in our family. So I just, it didn't really ever occur to me until earlier this year when I just started starting my business and, um, having to manage my own time. And I was just really struggling. And I just, it was kind of one of those, maybe it was like a divine intervention type moments that just came up and it was like, hey, maybe you should look into ADHD. And then the more that I just looked into articles and there's a few um, websites that have like a self-diagnosis thing um, kind of checking. And I went through that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is everything that I'm struggling with right now. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, everything that I've been struggling with for a very long time. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, it's funny. Did you take the Attitude Magazine self-test? I think so. Probably, yeah. Because I remember the first time I took that self-test a couple years ago when it was first kind of mentioned to me by my therapist that maybe I had this. (laughs) I I remember taking the self-test and and kind of laughing to myself because I had gotten such a high score, but was really surprised at some of the questions that – you know, talking about like cleaning your house and not wanting the people to come over. And, you know, some of these things that I never would have made any connection about before. Um, and now looking back at it and realizing like, Oh my goodness, it's so wide. It's so widespread (laughs) in terms of how it affects our life and our relationships. Um, okay. So then you, you sought an official diagnosis and have you been on medication? Have you been taking medication? What is your relationship with meds? 
Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I, I saw an official diagnosis earlier this year. It was probably around like April or May, uh, June ish, something like that. Cause I was suffering from really bad anxiety. And so originally I had gone, you know, made a virtual appointment with, um, uh, uh, therapists or whatever, um, psychologist. Is that what it is? I always get those messed up. Psychiatrist, <laughs> whatever. Um, and, really just seeking help for my anxiety because I was just struggling so bad with that. And, um, you know, when I had started talking to him, he was like, have you ever been, you know, treated for ADHD? And I'm like, no, that was kind of part of my next question of, you know, what's going on here. Is it in combination or, or what? But, um, yeah, so ultimately he did prescribing medication Um, I mean, after asking me what I was comfortable with, you know, going through and talking about everything, um, I, I am in recovery. So I've been sober for almost four years from drugs and alcohol. And so that was something that was definitely, um, a concern to me is that I didn't want to be taking, you know, there's all of that like stigma out there on stimulant medication and, um, all of those kinds of things. That was never my thing. My, my truck of choice is always alcohol, but, um, just, being the way that I was and seeking out dopamine hits and caffeine and stuff like that is makes sense now, but long story. Um, I am on medication and, um, I really appreciated him like asking me about, you know, different modalities and healing modalities and what I was comfortable with, you know, where I wanted to start. Um, you know, and he was very supportive of that. So I appreciate that, but I was really at a point where I was really struggling and I just said, I wouldn't be opposed to trying it in combination with, you know, what else, what else I was already doing with eating healthy. I'm a, I'm a holistic health coach. So, you know, exercising Mm -hmm. yoga, that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, so it's been a few months now and it's been really, really helpful for me. Yeah. Well, so how, uh, I'm so curious because I haven't taken the medication route yet. And I, so I'm, you know, fascinated asking other women sort of like, what is it doing for you? Because I feel like a lot of people are saying, you know, I hear people talking about how it's life changing, but I, I'm curious as to sort of what have you noticed? Yeah. The and what are are you take what are you taking? Can I ask? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm on. I they started me trying off um, on a 10 milligrams of Adderall instant release. Um, okay. So we did that just to like a very low dosage, just to see if that was um, the medication that was working for me. So I tried that for a few weeks and, um, it definitely helped. And so then the next route was, okay, let's try, you know, would you be okay with trying 10 milligrams of extended release, which is basically the medication will, um, release five milligrams in the morning when I take it. And then five milligrams, you know, a few hours later, and that helped, um, significantly with kind of like the ups and downs that I had heard about with, with Adderall and with medication. Um, kind of those like swings a little bit because the instant release you take it and you're like, okay, like here I am, I'm doing things. I feel good. I can, I can think clearly all these different, um, you know, helping that and then kind of going down. And then I'd either forget to take a pill in the afternoon because I take half the morning, half the afternoon or something like that, you know? So the extended mm-hmm. release works and just being like, okay, I have a timer. I take it in the morning and then I'm good through the day. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just taking the lowest dose right now the the 10 milligrams and it works really, really well for me. It, it helps 
significantly, honestly, with my anxiety. Um, my anxiety has gone down very significantly um, because I I feel that you know my anxiety was was showing up as undiagnosed ADD, you know, and I wasn't, I was just struggling so badly that, you know, trying to run this new business and trying to follow my dreams and, and, and to create something for myself during these times of COVID. And that was something anxiety inducing in and of itself, you know, and, um, just feeling like I didn't have any understanding or control or, um, really just like, what is going on in my brain? I just feel like I was just kept thinking that like, what is happening here? Cause I'm, I'm very in tune with my body and, um, you know, I'm just a firm believer in like something is presenting itself here. You know, it's, it's, I need to figure out what this is so I can gain that clarity and that understanding. And what is my body trying to tell me with these types of symptoms, you know, and it was presenting as anxiety. So, um, that's been a huge, huge help for me um, personally. And then just as well as like the clarity piece, um, I feel like I'm able to approach my day a lot calmer and a lot clearer. Um, so I, I also do work with an ADHD coach and a therapist, um, as well. And so she's helped me a lot with just understanding other ways, um, tools to help me, um, you know, stay focused and follow through and remember to do things and, you know, uh, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but, uh, yeah. Finding, finding the hacks that work for you. Yeah. As opposed to just always kind of defaulting to that, like chronic overwhelm and uh, like what is wrong with me, which I think is, Again, you know, even in the best of situations, even if it wasn't 2020 and in the middle of a pandemic, starting a coaching business, you know, there is a lot of that sort of imposter syndrome, you know, Mm -hmm. or feeling like maybe I need more education, you know, like there's always that sort of ways in which you can second guess yourself in the best of situations, in the best of times. Yeah. But I think, yeah, recognizing that this is coming from some place is, I think, so important. I mean, I think labeling ourselves is extra important as ADHD years and sort of why I feel like I noticed so many women who have had this diagnosis recently who, you know, feeling that way of feeling like, Oh my goodness, I feel recognized for the first time in my life. And, and what a revelation that is. Oh my gosh. That was probably the biggest thing. I just remember getting off the phone with um, my is it psychiatrist? Why do I, I always like mess those things up? My doctor, I'll just call my doctor. I don't, in my brain, it's like, what? Um, and him just, you know, saying like, this is, this is your diagnosis. This is, you know, the route that I think would be best for you. This is what I'm seeing presenting and all of those different kinds of things. I was just crying on the phone. I was just, I had this overwhelming sense of like, oh my gosh, And then just everything came flooding back from like high school and college and, you know, through my twenties and all of these different things I've struggled with. And I literally was just like, holy crap, like this makes so much sense. And I guess exactly what you see, like said, like feeling seen and understood and having somebody say like, you're not crazy. Like, yes, this is what's going on in my brain because my brain was just so anxious and overthinking. And it was just like, tick, 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 tick all the time. And I just, I was like, how do I stop this? Like, what is happening here? And um, yeah, just 
to feel seen and heard and understood like this is normal or normal, you know, AD for ADHD. And, um, yeah, it just was, it was definitely a revelation for me for sure. For sure. Yeah. So what Mm -hmm. are some things that specifically looking back over your past where you look back and you say, Oh my God, of course that was 80. That was the ADHD talking. Oh my gosh. So many, so many things, but I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me growing up was I was very sensitive child. I think like most women, like we just, that's, we're very sensitive. And I was very, very sensitive, always very like observant, perceptive and like picking up on people's energy and kind of like trying to, trying to fit in, you know, and just, um, feeling people out. So I was very much in my own head, like introverted, but I picked up on that, like, perfectionism, people pleaser, good girl kind of a thing, like very early on in my life based on, um, you know, some, some traumas that I had earlier on. But, um, so I really wasn't like very vocal about my struggle. Um, cause it was very much internalized. Um, and I think that I resonated with the sensitivity piece of it and the empathy piece piece of it. Um, that at least that I've read and the RSD, um, too, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, the rejection sensitivity disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a huge piece for me, um, just growing up and not wanting, but then combining it with the people pleasing perfectionism piece. So I was always like very well behaved and always, um, you know, wanted to be, wanted to be liked and get good grades and do all that stuff. And I was, I I mean, I am um, still very smart and I love to learn. So I was never that interruptive girl. Like I was always very, um, yeah, like well-mannered. And I was in gifted classes, which I've heard a lot of women being like, I was very smart and I did well in school. And I didn't really struggle with too many of these things kind of early on. Um, I feel like when things started to get harder and all of those kinds of like outside factors started to come in, like middle school and high school, when it's like, then you start to like boys and, you know, and there's stress and there's a little bit more pressure and there's more things that are happening. I feel like that that's when I um, started to struggle with focusing more and the procrastination piece for me was huge. (laughs) Like Mm. night before, let me bust out this, you know, six page paper or, or cram for this exam. And I was always very good at taking tests um, because I, some, like, I'm just, I was very smart and I'd listen to, to certain things, but I'd always run out of time. You know, I was always like the last one because I'd be sitting there taking my test and I'd think about something else. And I'd be like, oh crap, I'm taking a test. You know, <laughs> uh, I think back to like my <laughs> ACT, I was taking my ACT and I'd studied, like actually did the work and studied and did like an ACT prep course and all these different kinds of things. And so going into that, it was like, you know, I kind of would look at the section that we were doing and I'd look through it and I'd be like, okay, like I know these answers. I know but I would always, I ran out of time. I'd get, you know, partially the way through, even though I knew the answers, but it ne- again, never occurred to me that like, oh, that's ADHD rather than me just, you know, starting to fall into that pattern of being like, oh, I just must not, you know, have motivation or focus or there's something wrong with me. Um, yeah. you know, that was, that was big. 
That's funny. I've never made that connection before that, you know, the difficulty with time management, but how it presents itself in a testing situation. Like for instance, you know, I should give myself 20 minutes to (laughs) finish this one section and then move on to the next one and never being able to really kind of like break down tests into those, you know, manageable compartment in time compartments, you know, and then suddenly realizing, oh my goodness, I have 15 minutes and I'm only a third of the way through the test. Oh my gosh. That was like my let. Yeah. That is like such a huge piece for me. Like the time management piece, my friends still always joke. Like if we want to meet somewhere at seven, tell Katie we're meeting at seven or six 30 and she'll be there by seven. Cause I'm always late. I'm always like, things take me I think in my head, it's going to take me 15 minutes to do something. And then it's like an hour later. And I'm like, what is happening? Like what? I just like my concept of time is just nowhere. (laughs) I know, you know, know? and again, I just, it was not one of those things I would ever connect to um, ADHD. I just thought that that's like the way that I was. And I don't know, but yeah. Well, one yeah. thing I I like I tend to be very early or prompt for appointments. But I think because it's really important to me to be on time, but then I get end what I end up I end up doing is either like I show up for an appointment early and then I end up just sitting in my car uh you know on my phone waiting for the appointment to start and then I get loose track of time and then mm. I end up late anyway <laughs> even though I showed up early. Oh my gosh. Or Um, the other thing that happens is I will, like, if I have an appointment at 1130 in the morning, I will be incapable of doing anything else before that time. You know, like I'm, I have a really hard time managing my time before an appointment. Yeah. Something I never really sort of associated with ADHD, but makes perfect sense to me now that, you know, like that need that almost the way that it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to get so distracted. And so if something's really important, I will put all of my focus into just preparing for that thing that's coming up, even if it's hours ahead of time. Yep. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk to you about health coaching and because I know we both graduated from IIN with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is such a great program. Um, and so how you got into that, cause you're also a yoga instructor mm-hmm. and how that has, how that journey has been reframed for you now with your, with your diagnosis. And, and then I also want to talk about your sobriety cause I'm sure your relationship with alcohol has been completely reframed now. Yes. A hundred percent. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about your health coaching journey? Yeah, sure. So I, let's see. So I went to college out of high school, obviously, like, like most, most kids being like, Oh, this is what I should do. This is what I, this is the path, whatever. And, um, I ended up like leaving midway through my sophomore year. Um, because I was struggling so bad and I was, yeah, it was, I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I was just feeling very lost, like very, like, I don't know, in this place of, um, just lacking purpose and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm sure a lot of it again, just had to do with my undiagnosed ADHD where I was just really, really struggling with college. Like high school is like, okay, this is fine. College was much, much harder. And, um, I ended up leaving halfway through my, my sophomore year. And that was just sent me down this spiral of depression and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, 
I ended up moving home and just working in the restaurant industry. So I got a job uh, as a hostess and then eventually started um, serving and bartending. And so I did that for many, many years and it was financially great for me. And as far as like, um, the, the ADHD went, you know, it's like being kind of in a high paced environment when we were busy and, um, you know, I, I excelled at that and I was good at it and I made great money and, um, you know, and that was just something that I did for most of my twenties. And I kind of went off and on to school um, community college here and there, like, okay, like maybe I know what I'm going to do now. I think I want to be a teacher. Oh, maybe I want to do this. And so I keep, keep trying to go back to school and doing different certifications and, um, nothing really stuck for me. And, um, so when I was in my late twenties, I, um, well, let's see. Yeah, I was in my late twenties and I got, I decided to go get my certification to teach yoga. Um, so I got certified through core power yoga. Um, it's a, a nationwide, um, uh, yoga chain and I'd been practicing there for a long time. So I got certified through them and it took me a very long time to actually audition to start teaching. Um, but once I did, I was like, Oh, this is my path. Like I love teaching so much and I can help people. And, um, I just, it was something that was very close to my heart because I, I, my own yoga practice had, had changed me. And, um, when I finally like mustered up the the courage to audition, I think I was almost a year sober. So that just ties into what we were going to talk about with that too. Um, and, but anyways, long story short, like I, I thought that was my path and I was like, Oh, I can manage a yoga studio and I can go this path. And the more that I went down that path, I love teaching yoga, but I was like, there's something deeper here. Like I am so passionate about nutrition and wellness and, um, you know, what are some of my options that I can start to bring in, um, yoga as well as like meditation and mindfulness and, and those kinds of things. And so, um, I was, uh, assistant managing, the studio for, for a number of months. And I'm like, okay, that's not my path. Okay. I got to figure something else out. And Mm -hmm. I just started looking around and, um, the IIN just kind of came into my world. Like, I don't know, um, (laughs) again, some kind of like divine intervention maybe, but, um, I decided that, you know, integrating a, a health coaching certification with teaching yoga could be really amazing and really powerful. And, um, taking on clients and stuff like that. So I did that. I graduated probably, let's see, it was last summer. Um, so it's been fairly recent since I graduated. Um, but yeah, it was just tying in all of those things that I, you know, my, with my own healing journey of sobriety and recovery and, um, yoga, mindfulness, uh, meditation, and then the health coaching piece was just kind of the next, layer, I guess, um, of diet, nutrition and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, how you can sort of look back and realize how you had kind of intuitively come up with so many solutions that work for you. And now realizing with ADHD, these are all the things that are typically recommended for ADHD, which is like, you know, yoga activity, you know, and, you know, being in nature and meditation and all of these things that I sort of felt like I had like 
come upon on my own throw by throwing things against the wall and seeing what's stuck. Right. Exactly. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what about um, now looking back at alcoholism or even just a, an addictive personality, I think is so mm-hmm. interesting in realizing how prone the ADHD brain is to seeking out that dopamine finding, you know, for me, like even I, I was addicted to smoking for so many years. And now I look back at it and think like, oh, of course, you know, like Mm. I was a journalist always, you know, we always had our smoke breaks and we were always on deadline. It was like such a huge part of our culture. And now I'm like, of course, no wonder I was so um, drawn to that. And then at the same, you know, it was sort of like, we would drink coffee, 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 coffee. And then we'd all switch to drinking and then it would be alcohol, alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I think you had posted something in the Facebook group about sobriety. Cause I, I stopped drinking in March when I very quickly realized during the, you know, with the pandemic that this was, I mean, I've always had a dysfunctional relationship with alcohol, but was always able to manage it. And then realized very quickly being at home, and having so much anxiety surrounding COVID that I was like, I need to just really, you know, I was at this crossroads where I was like, I need to say no and just, I need to just get it out of my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, been, it's been relatively easy because I haven't been going anywhere, you know, because I've been at home and this is a decision that my partner supports. And I'm always sort of wondering like, what's it going to be like when I'm out socializing again? Uh, but just like in, you know, even just in the short period of time since March, I've noticed such an amazing transformation and just didn't realize how much I was relying on alcohol to kind of slow down my brain and kind of and bring a lot of those hyperactive thoughts, slow them down and numb them. But then how much that was also transferring into the next day, you know, mm-hmm. And my productivity in the next day. And I've noticed such a difference in my clarity and, and productivity. It's so, yeah, really, you know, realizing why we are so prone to using alcohol. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think exactly like you said, with um, our brains just being the way that they are and, um, yeah, which is being very, very much so prone to substance abuse and um, of all different kinds. And uh, like you said, kind of that addictive behavior, um, for me, it was definitely like codependency as well as um, as well as alcohol, some some drug use, but not really. But um, yeah, and it just had started to spiral, um, you know, through my 20s once I I hate to say it now as like failing out of college, but, you know, leaving midway through my sophomore year was very, you know, traumatic for me. I was on, I played hockey. And so I, um, having to leave halfway through the season and just moving out of my dorm and like leaving all my friends, it was very, very hard for me. And, um, you know, that's kind of when things started to spiral, I guess, um, is just that like reinforcement of, of a belief, you know, that I had started to create of like, I'm not good enough. I'm, um, you know, I'm just lazy. Like I clearly can't follow through or I clearly can't do these things. So there must be something wrong with me based off of, you know, this, 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 and this, this evidence that I had kind of, you know, which I didn't, I think about it now and I'm like, was probably just this, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy of, 
you know, these underlying beliefs that I had had, but, um, you know, once I left there, it was just kind of like, all right, like now I don't really have this pressure so much on me to perform anymore, you know, of being in high school and school and being like, Oh, I have to get good grades. I have to do this. And when I moved home, it was just like, Oh, I can kind of just be, and that also wasn't good because it just opened up the gates for me to go party and do all of those things. And, um, yeah, it was, um, difficult, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely you know, need a lot of structure. Yeah. Right. And that was it too, you know, and I had some structure with having a job where I was like, okay, I had to be there at a certain time, but, um, you know, just being a young 20 year old, like, okay, I can still do this. I can still party till 3am and sleep for a few hours and go to work. You know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, as I started to get older and, um, still struggling with a lot of that stuff. And really for me too, I think it, it was just this lack of purpose and lack of, um, you know, passion in my career and, and, um, my life, you know, I just, I didn't really feel like I had a direction that I was going. And I'd always kind of had this deeper yearning to, to do something with my life. I think that we all have that. We all have a purpose. We're all here for a reason. And I wasn't, you know, fulfilling that, I guess. And so I had started to feel kind of that inner, inner pressure from just my heart and, um, you know, saying like, this isn't, this isn't serving you anymore. Maybe it did at some point because it did, like you said, it, it calmed my thoughts. It numbed me from, you know, the pain and, and the inner suffering that I had from just not knowing what was going on with my brain, not knowing why that I felt disconnected from my body even sometimes. Um, and just all of the things that, that come with the, the undiagnosis of, of ADHD and, um, you know, and so I, yeah, I got, um, into my late twenties and just kind of felt that inner, like, this is no longer something that's, that's working for you. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I just was like, all right, I need to stop this. Like I can't move forward and do the things that I want to do and be the, be the woman that I want to be with, without taking that piece away. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely a huge, huge stepping stone for me. What, What would you say your ideal client is? I would say, um, you know, I, since starting my business, uh, earlier this year, I've definitely gone through that kind of roller coaster of like, who do I want to help? And, um, you know, figuring that out. And, uh, I did for a little while think like, Oh, I could be a sobriety coach. Like this is such a huge piece of my life. Like I resonate with it so much and I I've lived through this experience and it's, you know, something now that I just am very passionate about and think that health and sobriety just naturally go hand in hand. Like so many Mm -hmm. of my friends will reach out to me and be like, Oh, I want to do this. Or, you know, I'm really struggling with anxiety or I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, well, how's your relationship with alcohol? Like what, you know? And they're like, what? I'm like, to me, it just, they go hand in hand, like mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and, you know, assessing or looking at our relationships with controlled substances and like alcohol, drugs, whatever, um, sugar, even sometimes or something like that. But, you know, it's like, let's look at the relationships, like where, where are these at? How do they play into, you know, our health journey? But um, yeah, so I mean, my ideal client now is I help women who are struggling with 
uh, anything from mental health. Um, and to me, mental health is really just not to say just, um, but a brain disorder, you know, and the more that I learned about the connection between the food that we eat, um, our, our gut, our, our microbiome and our, um, you know, the second brain is so as it's called and the connection to our actual brains and how that plays into mental health and substance abuse and, um, physical, emotional, um, spiritual health has been very, very eye opening to me. And so I, I guess I've, I'm at this point now where I kind of just want to umbrella it all like brain disorder, mental health, um, you know, gut health and, uh, you know, sobriety, all of those kinds of things under one, one tree, because holistic healing to me is something that can help all of those things. And typically they're all very much related. Um, very, very much. So, you know, if, if somebody has ADHD and is also, uh, you know, not eating very well and has, has inflammation in their gut and is eating processed foods and sugars, and it's going to present, you know, and, and open up their symptoms a lot more because that then causes inflammation in the brain and the brain, you know, if it, if it can't function the way it's meant to, even with, you know, an ADHD diagnosis or depression or, or something like that, you know, it's like the food piece is so, so important. Um, and again, just coupling that in with struggling with substance abuse or, um, something like that. Cause again, they just, it all goes hand in hand. And so uh, the more that I learn about that and how I can help women who are like me, who have suffered with multiple things, you know, my ADHD and, or my undiagnosed ADHD and my, you know, substance use and kind of this lack of passion and purpose and clarity in my life just presented as like all of these different things. And I really, really struggled. And, um, you know, the more that I've cleaned up my diet and the more, you know, yoga I've done and, and integrating these holistic modalities and practices. And I mean, now I'm on medication to, to help me as well, but gaining that clarity and that knowledge and that wisdom is just so incredibly powerful, I think. And, um, you know, reassessing relationships that, you know, it's like, maybe this worked for me a few years ago, or even a few months ago, because like you said, it's like, you know, with the beginning of COVID, or even last year, you know, maybe your relationship with alcohol was like, okay, it's fine. It's maybe not great. But then, you know, there's outside factors that start to come in and it's like, well, okay, like, I need to start to reassess things here. And how is this affecting my mental health? How is it affecting the way I feel? Um, and how I'm showing up as, as a mom, as a partner, as a, as a human, you know, yeah. and again, every, to me, I just, am like, everything's all encompassing. And so when I say, I'm like, I help women, you know, struggling with mental health, brain disorders, gut health, um, substance abuse to me, it's just, a, it's a big umbrella. And, um, you know, I'm just very passionate about helping women that have suffered and are suffering like me and, or I have, and I mean, I still have my days. Of course we all do. And, um, I just think that the power of vulnerability and speaking about, um, you know, what I've been through and, and my sobriety and, and my struggles is, um, very helpful. And, um, yeah, I'm just very passionate about sharing and helping women who who are suffering with those same things. Yeah, Yeah. You know, I think that's why, coaching is such an appealing 
career choice for somebody with ADHD. I mean, you think about it, we we have a higher level of empathy. Mm-hmm. We really make a lot of seemingly obtuse connection, you know, connections from seemingly obtuse um, factors, you know, so we're really able to kind of see, you know, grab things and think, okay, that's related to this, this is related to this, being able to see that, but also the kind of intentional or unintentional vulnerability that comes with like, impulsively blurting out things about your life without really thinking (laughs) whether you should be sharing, you know, like we tend to overshare. Oh my Uh, gosh. Yes. And you know, I used to always joke about the fact that like, I felt like Sophia from the golden girls who had like, you know, she had a stroke and then she couldn't, she, she was incapable of self-censorship. And I was like, I never had a stroke, but I really feel like I'm incapable of self-censorship. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) I also sort of feel like I've used it to my advantage because people are always sort of like, wow, you're so brave for sharing all of those personal details about your life I'm like is it brave or am I just stupid I don't know like <laughs> I had no choice but I think I think that we have that ability to be you know super vulnerable and have people relate to us in on, on a level that is very powerful and so I think you know it, it feels like coaching is really one of the perfect professions for somebody with ADHD who is you know able to, you know, we, we tend to fall down a lot, but we also tend to come up from that stronger and we're able to reframe things in positive ways, you know? Um, so, you know, now looking at like, why was I attracted to coaching as well? Like I realize like there's so many things about my personality that make me a good, a good coach and, and relatable as well. So, right. Exactly. And that was, that was for sure. People even ask me now, like, I think that health coaching is such a new, it's not new, but it's becoming newer. Um, And it's becoming a, like a little bit more mainstream, I think for people. And I was listening to a podcast today um, and talking about just the, the power of a health coach and having somebody that's on your side and, and that's holding you accountable and helping you to, um, you know, create these small shifts within your life that help you build confidence and help you build, um, you know, habits that will actually change your life because, you know, you go see a doctor and a most majority of doctors don't even have nutritional training or coaching training. Like, how can I get this person to, to do the things that I want them to do? You know, somebody comes in and they get diagnosed with, you know, diabetes or, or something like that. And it's like, okay, we need to change your diet and you need to exercise more and you need to do this. And the person leaves like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, things kind of, fall apart. And then what they have, you know, another um, appointment with their doctor in four or five weeks or two months or something like that, you know, and it's like, well, Mm -hmm. what about in the meantime, you know, we I just had an hour with this doctor. And then it's like, they're on their own to make all these diet changes and exercise changes and lifestyle changes. And it's like, that's where a health coaching come in and, you know, help support you on a on a weekly basis or whatever you end up doing with um, a coach to help support those things. Um, You know, and as far as being a coach with ADHD is, I I always like the biggest thing for me has been the all or nothing mindset. And I don't know where I got this from, maybe from my mom, I'm not sure. But I always like had these expectations like I have to do all or nothing. Like if I couldn't do a 60 minute yoga practice, then like I wouldn't do anything at all, which now I'm just like, what? You know, like, 
what? If I had 15 minutes that I could do a quick little flow or like go for a walk outside or do something that would, you know, help my mind and body and um, to feel better. But it really is. That's been so transformative for me is like the small changes. And I think that sometimes, you know, people want to take on all of these things like, okay, I need to get healthy. I need to like cut back on alcohol and sugar and, um, you know, start to work out every day. And we just want to like take on all of these things. And it's like, then nothing really happens. And especially for us with ADHD, it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to, Oh, that's a great idea. Let's go over and do this. And it's just like, what, you Uh, know? And so, yeah, just, uh, having a health coach and, um, coaching in general, I think there's so many different coaches that are coming out of the woodwork and, you know, self-love coaches and, and mindset coaches and fitness coaches and, um, all of these different kinds of things. But, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been wonderful for me because I can wear so many different hats <laughs> and mm-hmm. maybe you can resonate with that as well as I was like, I hate it always being like pigeonholed into one thing, you know, and maybe that's why college didn't work for me. Cause I was always just like a free spirit. I'm like, I want to travel. I want to like go do this and then go do this thing. And like, I love to bartend. Oh, but I also love this, you know? And I just felt like I could wear, you know, I always joke and say like, I'm the Jill of all trades instead of Jack of all trades, you know, cause I just, so many things interested me all the time that I was like, I love this. And I also love this and I want to learn about this. And there's so many different things where it was like, just choose one career. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. How, how do I well, choose one thing, you know? And I so know. I always had like, I always had two jobs, even if it was two restaurant jobs or it's like, I bartended and then I taught yoga and then, you know, and, um, with health coaching and coaching in general, it's like, I'm, I'm a salesperson. I'm a marketer. I'm a coach. I'm a content creator. I'm, you know, my own boss and I'm, you know, a listener and I'm vulnerable. And so it's, there's many, many different things that come along with that. And it's been, it's been a beautiful journey. It's difficult, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I think it's just very powerful. So, yeah, that's something I've, I've struggled with so much, you know, in the past with my own business and being an entrepreneur and always feeling like there's, you know, 12 different projects that I really, really am super excited about. And, and it's the follow through that is so difficult for me. And I think with my, my diagnosis and sort of really being able to sit back and recognize, okay, this is where I struggle. I struggle with really like focusing on one project and, mm-hmm. and realizing like, yeah, I, I do need handholding. I do need a coach. I need somebody who's going to keep me accountable. And that's, you know, as opposed to always feeling like, God, I just need to like sit down and pull myself up by my bootstraps and just really focus and get this done. And, and then now I can sort of realize like, no, that's just not how I work. That's not my strength. And, you know, there's no shame in needing somebody <laughs> to hold my hand throughout this whole process and and being so much, being so much easier on myself, you know, and saying like, this is what I need if I want to get anything done. (laughs) Like I'm tired of feeling like I should be able to get this done on my own, or I should be able to figure this out because I'm a smart person, you know, like, you know, being real, realizing now, like, no, you will figure this out. You'll get it done. You just need, you just need help. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And, and, I just, and I, like, I think back to so many of this, like growing up and learning. And I mean, my parents are wonderful. They're great. Like I love them so much. And, 
you know, but it's like, we, when are we taught to do some of these things, you know, to, to regulate relationships and to manage our, t- like, I don't know, for me, I just think back to it and I'm like, I really wasn't taught a lot of like how to do some of these things. So it's like, for me to just expect that I would be so good at it. And I just like be able to come out and be able to, um, you know, manage my time and to do this and to do all those little things that are, hard for anybody to do, let alone then you have ADHD. And it's like, then like you said, the follow through is so hard. And it's like, I have like 12 projects that are 50% or done or, you know, um, I don't know. So I just, I resonate with that so, so much. And, and it's like, why it's help is great. And especially I think for me, like I, I don't resonate as an alcoholic. I don't, I, I did go to some AA, but that just, it, I definitely took more of a holistic path and, um, kind of figured out my own, my own path to that. I, I resonate as being sober and in recovery, but that was a huge shift for me too, where it was like asking for help is a strength. Taking care of myself is a strength. And it's not weakness, you know, and I think especially as, as women too, is that we think that we need to have our stuff together (laughs) Our, you know what I mean? Our stuff, you know, and it's like, we got to do this and we got to wear all these hats and we're the, you know, we're doing this and we're doing that. And it's like, we, and we have, we just assume that we're going to be so good at it based off of like society and our culture. And, you know, and then again, you add ADHD on top of that. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, I'm struggling so much with this. And I just, you know, then we get into that spiral of like, we, sh- I just like joke about it as we should all over ourselves, you know, yeah. like I should do this. I should do this. And I should be doing this better. And it, like you said, it's like, I, my brain just doesn't work like that. And I need to work with that instead of kind of, you know, shaming myself into, you know, I should have done this or I should have, you know, done this or that. And it just, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the way that I, could, uh, you know, handle any of that stuff. Cause then I just was all like crap about myself. And it's like changing that perspective around to say, like, I'm just different. I think differently. And I need to, to support myself in that. <laughs> and there's no right? shame in that. Like you said, there's no shame in that. And it's like, if I just do things differently, that's totally fine. We're all different. We all function in different ways. And there's mm-hmm. tools that can help us. And one of those, I I've had multiple coaches now, um, you know, and like I said, that asking for help has been transformational for me because I can't do it all on my own and nor do I want to at this point. I'm like, give me all the help. Like, come on, bring it on, you know, (laughs) it feels good. It feels good to have somebody in your corner. And especially after silently, you know, suffering and struggling for many, many years and, and trying to be that perfect girl, and that perfect person and just putting so much pressure on myself to just relieve some of that and say like, I am not perfect and I can't do this. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> like not, yeah. not many people can. And it's like delegate, you know, have bring somebody on to, to help and support. And so, yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that piece for sure. So now for somebody listening who wants to get in touch with you, wants to work with you, what, what are some of the best ways to find you out there? Yeah. So I, my Instagram is at katieann.coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And so that's a great way to get a hold of me, DM me. My um, link for free consultations is typically um, in my bio. Sometimes I switch it out depending upon what my offers are. But um, yeah, and then I also have a Facebook group called the Holistic Healing House, something that I am super passionate about. It's one of my (laughs) more recent ideas um, that I've come up with. Uh, I just, I really have wanted to create a community, um, of women. And that is so, so healing in and of itself, but a community of women that are seeking a holistic approach to their healing, whether it's, um, you know, mental health, substance, um, substance use, sobriety, uh, gut healing, um, you know, mindfulness, meditation, all those different kinds of things. Not to say that I'm opposed to, um, you know, what do you ever want to call it? Western, Western approach, I guess. But I just, I think that, um, holistic healing is so incredibly powerful. And then paired with, um, a community of like-minded women who also want the same thing, um, is, is incredibly healing, uh, as well as laughter. That's something that I'm really trying mm-hmm. to bring into my own healing journey as well. And something that I want to bring more into my coaching and, um, I guess you could say my my brand or whatever you want to call it, this community that I'm creating. Because especially during these times right now, you know, it's like there's so much seriousness and it's like, let's laugh. Let's, where's, you know, I want to bring fun back into healing and joy and laughter and, you know, having, having a, um, like a recognition that things are tough and that, you know, a lot of women that are, either diagnosed later with ADHD or are suffering with, you know, a negative relationship with alcohol or, or codependency or mental health or um, just physical health, you know, and it's like laughter is so, so, so healing, fun, joy, playfulness. You know, I think it's become so underrated as, as we become adults. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so that's, that's my umbrella of, <laughs> of all those different kinds of things that I'm going to be bringing into my Facebook group. And then, um, the more I start to expand and, you know, branch out, I guess is, um, I'd love to have more of a larger community of some capacity, but, um, yeah. So Instagram, um, and Facebook are the two best ways to get a hold of me as of right now. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was yes. so great. There you have it. So thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Women and ADHD podcast. If you like this podcast, I would really appreciate some feedback, so please leave me a review or simply head on over to Apple Podcasts and give me five stars. Also, please subscribe and make sure to share it to help us reach more women who maybe have yet to discover and lean into this neurodivergent superpower, and they may be struggling and they don't even know why. If you are a woman who was recently diagnosed with ADHD and would like to be interviewed as a guest, I would love to interview you, so please reach out to me. My email is womenandadhdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find out all the show notes from this episode at womenandadhd.com slash episodes. And you can follow this podcast on Instagram at womenandadhd. You can also find out more about me and my anti-diet health coaching program at worthitwithkatie.com. Make sure to sign up for your free copy of my Thank You Body Technique. 
This simple primer teaches you how to reset your mood and improve your relationship with your body quickly and easily through breathing, yoga, and even aromatherapy. Okay, I will see you next week when I interview another amazing woman who has recently discovered that she is not lazy or crazy, but she has ADHD. And now she's on the path to understanding her neurodiversity and finally using it to her advantage. Take care till then.